Hey everybody, welcome to Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I really want to thank you for listening. If you feel compelled to do so, make sure you subscribe, uh, leave a review, comment, share, whatever you feel like doing. Help me out trying to grow this podcast, trying to continuously deliver value. A couple of things before we get into the show, check out the links in the show notes to my CRA Academy, my CRC Academy, both of them doing very well as far as getting people jobs in the marketplace. Check those out. Also, if you need help getting studies for your site or anything else, or even launching a site, basically any help for your site, we have a low monthly fee consulting service where we have helped many clients become and continue to be successful site owners through our background efforts of business development and support staff. Text me 949-415-6256. Please check out the links in the show notes as well for the book, The Comprehensive Guide to Clinical Research. It's been selling really well, getting very well received by the community. Thank you guys so much for that. Also check out the YouTube member page. Join this channel to get perks. That's my YouTube uh, membership. It's 10 bucks a month. You get a monthly mastermind exclusively. It's a Zoom call every month with other YouTube members. Uh, You also get weekly videos exclusive to the YouTube members on how to use social media to improve your opportunities in life sciences. So check that out. Really means a lot to me. And thank you so much again for listening and enjoy the show. Kim, the closeout queen. We don't want to get closed out, okay? But yeah. your monitor, you do you ever monitor in Arizona? I have never monitored in Arizona, but that's something I would consider. Let's do it. So let's start with that. Everybody, um, if you want to follow Kim underneath the video is Kim's Instagram. This is a CRA, and we're going to get into her career and all that. But um, she's, I watched one of her TikToks. I watched a few of your TikToks, but one of them, you got the nickname Closeout Queen. Yes. And we're going to get into that. But the first thing I want to ask you, do CRAs recommend sites for studies? Do CRAs recommend sites for studies? <laughs> that's, that's, I have never done that before. However... Only like if I'm doing like an SQV and they ask me, what is my opinion of the site? Do okay. I feel like they are um, engaged? Do I feel like they're, you know, eager to start the study and things like that? I have never yet told like a sponsor, like, hey, this is a I good see. site, you know, because this will be like my first time actually speaking with a person who runs a whole clinical yeah doing it again doing it again uh crazy enough to do it again but it's good opportunity all right so tell us a little bit about yourself kim like how you get started i'm glad you reached out to me on instagram because you're an account worth following i mean you talk about not only clinical research but you talk about um self-reliance i guess is a good way to describe your channel i subscribe i subscribe to tiktok Instagram and YouTube. Um, so much. So yeah, who are you? Like, how did you get started? How did you discover clinical research? 
I was actually saving this story to talk to you because this is like a really weird full circle moment for me because about six and a half, seven years ago, I found your channel on YouTube years ago, right before I graduated from college. Wow. I was in my last semester and I was thinking about taking a gap year because I was um, a kinesiology major. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go to PT school. I worked in a PT clinic for two, three years. Like mm. I got a PT aid, I already know my path. Like this is what it is. My mom's a physical therapist. Yeah, yep. See, I, I definitely loved that area, but from working in the clinic for two, three years, I kind of realized like, I don't think this is for me per se. I'm like, okay, I, I genuinely enjoy helping people, but it was like very slow paced for me. And I was like, mm, I don't know if I could do this. So then I was just like, all right, it's, it's either gonna be med school or PA school. So I decided to um, take my, take a gap year. And during my gap year, I was like, okay, I need to get into something. So right before I graduated, I think it was like, this was like a fall semester. So that September I was finishing off my capstone in class and everything like that. And my friend was like, we need to start busting our butts and filling out these applications and get a job by the time we graduate. And I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you on that one. So basically, I went on like, oh, so he was applying for um, in this Ivy League university in like their finance department. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if they have anything that like I could use my degree for. So I remember I had went on Google and I said, what can you use a kinesiology degree for? Basically came up with nothing. And so, <laughs> and I was like, I don't, and then I realized at that moment that I had no skills. I graduated with a degree and I have absolutely no skill. I'm like not a nurse, I'm not an engineer. Like I can't, like I'm not an athletic trainer. I just did kinesis. I didn't take like that specified route of athletic training. So I really couldn't do anything. So then I actually typed it in on YouTube and I was like, what are careers that you can have with a kinesis degree? And after doing like extensive research, I came across, it's so weird too. Like I came across clinical research and I was just like, but what is that really? started watching a bunch of your videos and I was just like, okay, I'm getting the idea what this is. So I started researching the role of clinical research coordinator. Uh -huh. And that same Ivy League University um, had a bunch of um, like entry level roles for clinical research coordinator. So we didn't need any type of like, experience at all. And they were like, they're gonna train you on the job. And so basically I ended up applying, I think maybe for like, it had to be like maybe 200 jobs. Like I, like the way I was applying, I was applying like daily, multiple times a day. I would like go to class from 8 a.m. to like three. Then I would go to work downtown in Philly and I would get off around like 8 p.m. I commuted that semester. So I had to, I would drive back to campus, be on campus till one o'clock in the morning in the tech center, applying the jobs. Wow. Drive, yeah. Which every, campus was this? I love Philly. Temple, Temple University. Yep, yep. I actually met some people from Temple um, in like 2019 at a conference. I got my shirt. Is that where you went, undergrad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. awesome. Okay, okay. So that was um, that was just rough doing that like every single day. Then on Sundays we will be in the um in the business center and we're applying the jobs. So then finally I got only one interview, 
And I was like, you know what? If I'm going to get <laughs> one of you, I'm going to have to kill that interview. So I went in, I watched your videos on practically everything. I wanted to know the ins and outs. I wanted to know how to answer the que the interview questions, so on and so forth. And lo and behold, I ended up getting that job. And I ended up working there for two years. So I was working in labor and delivery as a clinical research um, coordinator. So that at Temple? Did you apply at Temple? Penn. At oh, okay. 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 Yeah. So academia. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, it was a very unique experience. They gave us like a lot of like unique training that I didn't think you needed as a CRC. So basically like we were drawing blood. Mm -hmm. We were doing cervical swabs, anal swabs, um, dissecting placentas. Wow. Um, it was like, we were hand, like super, super, super hands-on. So it was like, we were doing that, we were collecting the data. And at that point they had like a kind of like a certain roles who took care of like the IRB stuff. So I didn't know like much of anything in regards to any regulatory documents because we were so like, cause it's labor and delivery. You can't plan when a woman is gonna come in and really have a baby unless she's, you know, getting in induced. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So everybody was like, you had to get in and get these patients really quick. Um, so basically from there, I was like, my goal was to always get into cancer research because like cancer research was like really more near and dear to my heart. My dad had cancer when I was in college. And then um, my grandmother passed away from cancer and both my aunts on my dad's side, his sisters, younger sisters, both had cancer. Um, so I was like, no, I need to, this is where I need to be. And then I ended up um, getting into Fox Chase Cancer Center um, in Philly. Uh, that was an amazing experience too. I almost did not want to leave because I really grew like a family there. It was like, it was a really great experience for me. The only thing that was difficult was seeing your patients pass away so frequently um, because I knew that I was like on like a, a clock. I knew I had to get all the paperwork done, get them on the study so that they can start receiving drugs because I knew that their life like truly depended on it. And I felt like that's where I found more of like my meaning, my purpose. I was like, yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. But being an empath, that does not always help when mm -hmm. you get connected to your patients and they're like, I've had patients who have like, right before they passed, before they went to the hospice, was just like held me so tight, crying, saying, thank you so much. I'm just like, I'm not even your doctor. But like to them, I guess because I identify the patient, you know, you do your CRC work, you found the patient and it's like, then you find the study that, you know, correlates with what they have going on. And it's like, you're, I guess, I guess that's what they, you know, were thanking me so much for, but. Um, yeah, a lot of, that's, that's good to hear because at, um, a lot of academic medical centers, there's like less patient interaction, you know, it's so streamlined, but it sounds like where you were at, um, it's basically like operated like a smaller site, you know, yeah. just, just a big AMC, but it's, it operated like a smaller site. So yeah. that is kind of cool. So, okay. So from the labor and delivery study i'm guessing you guys did like rsv vaccine trials and stuff like that 
We actually didn't do vaccine trials. So what we did on those patients, we did like there was the main study that we were doing. There were two main studies, one called OMS and one was called um, CRIP. And so OMS was basically to figure out like when it was best for a woman to start pushing, whether that would be an hour after she's fully dilated or immediately after she's fully dilated. And then they end up finding out that it really doesn't matter because everybody's <laughs> they end up like <laughs> um and then the next study was crib and that was trying to figure out what causes preterm labor so mm. that's the one where we had to collect the placentas and so on and so forth and then the actually there was a third large large study that i actually got um, an award and recognized for consenting the most patients to this study. This was um, a study that was using TXA during C-sections. So trying to figure out like, or trying to get stop like hemorrhaging after getting, having your C-section. So those were the main studies. Those were like the bread and butter of that department while I was there. Wow. So I mean, it, it, it's pretty interesting. It's like, <laughs> you seem like a very personable uh, individual. Do you think that helped you get patients to, first of all, just become interested in clinical research? Um, yeah, I think that played a large role because, for instance, the, um, the hospital that I worked at that, had, that I was working in labor and delivery that had like a lot of like young mothers, a lot of um, African mothers, a lot of these young mothers were like either at risk and things like that. So they didn't really even understand what we were really doing with their bodies. And then there were some that were extremely educated and did not want to be another Henrietta Lacks, right? So um, just trying to basically explain to them and let them know that I have integrity. I would never like, try to get you into a study that I felt like would be harmful to you as another black woman. I would never do that. Um, And I think just them seeing a person that looked like them, I think that helped so much. And then I also believe that, like you mentioned, like I am pretty personable. I feel like I I know how to connect with people. Um, And I think that truly I'd made them just feel really, really comfortable with me. And sometimes when I've had moms who've lost their babies who were a part of the study and I've like went into their rooms and comforted them and stayed with them and just let them know, like, I am so sorry. I don't really know what this feels like, um, but I'm here for you, for you. So I think that honestly, I think that's, a, that's just like a part of my personality, though. So I, I, it's not something that I'm trying to put on or trying to be in order to get consent and recruitment higher. It's just I think it's just like if I believe in the study or if I believe in what we're doing in research in this certain department, I'm going to be an advocate for it and I'm going to make sure it gets pushed. So I think that definitely helped. Um, There's a lot of lessons in that for industry, but they're going to have to go back and listen again. Take notes guys and gals listen all right so this is where this is where everyone's interested in um where most most are interested in cra is like the if there was any household role household name role in research it's cra because the perception is you make a lot of money you travel your channel covers 
all these topics. So everybody go check it out. But how long did it take you? So you, you discovered my videos, you had 200 applications, you had an interview, you got hired. What was the timeline between you discovering research and you getting that first job? The first, my first CRC job? Yes, your first CRC job. Um, three months. Okay, three months. Then you stayed there at the labor and delivery place. How long? A year and a half to two years. It was like a year and like eight months or nine months or so. And then you had no time in between. You just went straight to the oncology, right? You right. got recruited. Did you get recruited for that or did you apply? Um, no, I applied. Okay. Because you yeah. wanted oncology. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. That was my and yeah. how long, how long did you stay there? I stayed there for about two years. And then I'm guessing CRA. So there, that's actually where I discovered this CRA role. So I had gotten to the cap. I got into my cap with like how much I could make as a CRC in Philadelphia. Uh -huh. I looked it up. I was just like, so there aren't any CRCs who make more than this institution wise. And I'm like, because they, they honestly just can't afford to pay. They can afford to pay us, but they are not going If you to. become a site director or a site owner, I know a yeah, lot of CRCs. That, that's way up there. So yeah, yeah. that I was thinking like, maybe I should move into management. And, um, but I was like, do you really want to do that here? Um, because there was like an acquisition that was happening with the hospital. And I was just like, things were just not set in stone at that time. And anything could have happened if something pulled, didn't, you know, go through so um I was in this that transition period trying to figure out like what's my next move and I was like you know and then I had actually just applied to grad school so I was in yeah. grad school getting my master's in um, health administration because I was just like you know what I feel like I have the mentality I feel like I know how to be on that higher level of management in the hospital I feel like I'm capable maybe I should just go get this degree and then maybe that could be my next move and then I end up meeting a girl who actually was only at my job at the time for like about four months five months and she was like girl I'm moving to another company and I said where she's like I cube you and I was like, what is that? I didn't know what it was. I, <laughs> I have never seen it. I've never heard the name. Wait, and how, if you're in research, like I'm guessing at your two other roles were mm -hmm. the CRAs like internal from that hospital? Were you not interacting with like private CROs or anything like that? Yeah. Uh -huh. Not That's what I'm saying. It's like, I had absolutely no experience dealing with I didn't know what a CRA was. See, you guys in academia, you guys are like in another planet. Because, it is. Yeah. I wow. Had, I had absolutely no idea. Like <laughs> the girl, she was like, you know, a CRA, a CRA. And I'm just like, the more you repeat it, it's not going to help me know what that is. She's like, <laughs> like a monitor. She's like, you know, when the monitors come and then you guys have to get all the charts ready for them. And I'm like, oh, oh, you're going to be that? I was like, wait, why? Like, because in my mind, every time a, a monitor came on site, it was stress. It was mm. headache. They were mean. They were bossy. You had mean ones too. I had mean ones also until recently. Yeah. And I'm just like, why would you want to be that girl? Because she was actually working in the, regu in the regulatory department at that, at the hospital. So basically like most of the time, like, like all the studies that I participated in, 
I, or the, the trials that I ran for them, it never got to the point of having to like be monitored. Cause I would like either help start it up, get like some type of like streamlined thing going and then they would add on new CRA. So it's our, I'm sorry, CRCs. Mm -hmm. So I never really had like a study that was like my baby until like right before I was about to leave, I helped them start one up. I helped create that approach, how to recruit the patients and so on and so forth. And then once they caught on, that's when she let me know, hey, I'm moving to IQVIA. Um, so she got me an interview at IQVIA and I was like, you know what? Once I researched the role and I was just like, oh, there's more like advancement in this area. Like you can grow here. You can mm -hmm. make money here. The ceiling is a lot, lot higher. So you can reach <laughs> the stars basically. Um, so I was like, you know what, what the heck? But I was really nervous because this is at the beginning of the pandemic. This is like, oh, this is recent. Yes. All right. That's why I was just so terrified. I'm just like, I've never worked from home. I've never worked for a CRO. I've never been a CRA. There, it was just so much uncharted territory. I was like, this is scary. And then with all the uncertainty around the pandemic, I was like, yep, I just got an apartment, my first apartment. And now I'm going to have to go back home because <laughs> I this job. And then I think, what's, what was something? Oh yeah, IQVIA had, they were like dropping people like flies at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, for that first month, I yes. think in March. March, yes. the industry panicked but then april may june it just took off took off and that's when all those studies came flying in but i was still in my training period at, at IQ. so did you officially get hired like before covid hit i got hired like the middle of february so right before like right before like on the like here so that's why you were worried like oh man they're terrified. gonna drop me terrified like not even funny. It was so scary. I was like, not only is there a disease that's going around that nobody quite understands. There were rumors and talks of the government shutting down. And I'm mm -hmm. like, government shutting down. This can mean anything could happen. <laughs> and so did they do it? Did they say anything to reassure you or um, like what was what was the messaging so from them during like the interview? this wasn't even a conversation because we didn't, the pandemic really wasn't. Like, yeah. It was just a thing in China. I remember like, I was like, Oh, it's not coming here. Yeah. And as like, I think about that April, May area, I asked several times, I asked several management. I was like, what's happening? Should I, should I look for another job? Like how should, how, and they, they had these like town halls and they would constantly reassure us. That's like, they're like, we're not releasing anybody. They're like, we'll, we rather take pay cuts from the higher, higher up to keep even people who are janitors and help them keep their jobs and pay them. So that's what, that, that's what was said. That was a comment that was made during a town hall. So I was like, you know what? This company sounds like they have a lot of integrity. They care about their staff. And I can't say when I was at IQV, I had a bad experience. I had, an, um, I had a great experience. I'm not gonna lie. I've heard some people have like some mm -hmm. really like, eh, eh. I did not have that experience. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's why I didn't really care to leave. What, I was, in, like, what indications did you do? Like, what was your when you started monitoring, well, you started monitoring in the middle of the pandemic. So you didn't do site visits like you did remote monitoring. I did remote monitoring. And then wow. I, once like the, 
pandemic started to like, I want to say around November of 2020, um, November, October, was it? It was either between September and November of 2020. I went on a few site visits then. Mm, and okay. Started to, in that Northeast section, started to like lift a little. Yeah. Um, so I went out, so like I had like sites in Baltimore, things like that. Ah, so okay. What sites. indications were you doing? So I was doing kidney. Okay. It's funny that I'm doing kidney still. You're doing kidneys. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, that was pretty interesting, but overall it was a, it was a very scary time, I guess, mm-hmm. I guess you can say. And then basically from there, I stayed at Icubia, I believe for, I want to say like, I think it was about 18 months. And you loved it. I was content. And I'm guessing this other CRO that you work for now yeah. recruited you. Yes. Because <laughs> that's what they do, that's guys. What they do, and they're, and that's why I keep telling people, like, as soon as you just get your foot in the door and they see CRA mm-hmm. on your LinkedIn account, even if it's for two months, they're contacting you. Well, and that's exactly why people lie about their experience, too, which is all another podcast. And I would not say to do that. Uh, yeah. Well, whether we say or don't, they will. <laughs> <laughs> they're going I to think that this is the kind of job that you can lie about you can't survive your first week you've done if that's what i'm saying and i and i've told friends that who wanted to get into research <laughs> and they're like hey man can you just like help me with my resume and i'm just like i can't help kim, you true true story kim in my cra academy this student got fired then she took my cra academy she got fired for getting caught lying so she said she had experience. She went up first day on the job. They made her go on a co-monitoring visit. Right. And she's supposed to be experienced yeah. on the co-monitoring visit. The monitor says, Hey, look at this uh, DOA log. She takes a white out to start <laughs> correcting things on the DOA log. Her no, like first day. Yeah. Yeah. No. So she's gone. There's no way. Yeah. So this stuff happens. It's just, um, you don't hear about it. So then she took my CRA Academy and now she's working her way back, but she's doing it the right way as a CRC. And then I lost touch with her, but this was a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, like, what's your advice? Like for people that want to be CRAs, do you think they all should go CRC route or is there another route for them? Um, I personally think that, the CRC CTA route is the best option. I think that in order to really understand and even empathize um, as a CRA, you have to know what these CRCs are doing. Like you have to understand that they have a lot to juggle. Like you as a CRC, I mean, CRA, you might have a lot to juggle as well because you might have multiple studies across multiple therapeutic areas. Cool. But these people are also dealing with the patient side, dealing with the PI side, dealing with us, dealing with regulatory, dealing with IRB stuff. Like they have so many things in front of them. And sometimes they're stretched so thin across 
way more studies than we can imagine. And then having sometimes some sites, they don't have data managers. They don't have anybody who actually, they don't have any regulatory staff. They're like one person doing everything. And I feel like you need to experience that at least even if it's for eight months, eight, nine months or to a year, just to say like, okay, I get it. I know. And I know what I'm looking for now as a CRA. And I feel like because of that, even though you might not be quote unquote, like the best, you know, CRA, you still have an idea of what to expect as a CRA because you were a CRC and you understand what that looks like. So I personally think, and that's when people ask me, um, that's what I recommend. <laughs> Thank you. So, and everybody go subscribe to Kim's channel as well. All right, so this new CRO, it's very hard for me to not say the name now. Yeah. Uh, this new CRO hires you. It's no longer like with Ikevia where they're going to train you, baby you, right? They're yeah, busy. Okay. The industry's all-time high busy. You somehow earned the name Closeout Visit Queen. Was yeah. this at the beginning? Like, they're like, hey, Kim, go close out all these sites? Or what Like, how? What was your first week on, on the new job like now that you're experienced here, right? So my first week on that new job was basically they were, we were onboarding and we were onboarding for like a month. So it was more just like, you okay. know, logistical things, documents, SOPs, read, 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 read. All right, cool. Then they're like, all right, bam, study time. And I'm just like, okay, give me the protocol. Cool. I read it. And I was like, and I was okay because these protocols were so much shorter than what I was used to. In oncology, I'm used to 500 page protocols. Yeah. These protocols were like 78 pages. I was what's, like, what's the indication? Uh, still kidney? Nephrology? Okay. Yep, 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 yep. So I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, these are easy. And these studies are so straightforward. It's not like they're not trying to collect all crazy. It's literally just like, like no one's trying to collect somebody's placenta for this study. This is just something just like very, very straightforward, very easy to understand. Um, and I was like, all right, cool. So then the closeout queen term came from um so they were trying to basically close out one phase of this study because they they end up finding out like their hypothesis they were like oh my gosh this is real like it's working so now we're eager to get into the next the next step of the study all right cool so they then said hey um we have a bunch of sites that need to be closed out in the next like five weeks. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, let's see what it's, what it's about. Why the sites were no good or what? Some of them were no good. Some of them didn't consent. Some of them okay. had a bunch of patients consented. Some of the, it was like, literally I like adopted a bunch of sites from different CRAs who had just left. And so when you get like, a closeout, when you get a site for a closeout, especially one that didn't recruit they're they're not necessarily thrilled to see you there, right? Yeah, because it's a mess. Because half the time they weren't putting things in their ISFs, binders. Like it literally is sometimes a mess. And then sometimes, because a lot of these um, CRAs who probably were just ready to be out, they dropped the ball too. Well, they get recruited probably. by someone else. Probably, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then their trackers were all over the place or basically sometimes not filled out at all. So I had to kind of go from scratch for a study that's been going on for two years and I've only been here for a month. So trying to just like get, 
you know, acclimated to that. Um, and then these were all remote. I think, I, so I had like 13 sites to close out in the five weeks. And out of the 13 of them, only one of them was on site and the other 12. Were wow, remote. you did those remotely? Remotely. I highly do not recommend, but that was the only way to honestly get that many sites. Remote closeout visit sounds insane. It was. So how do you do like IP accountability? Aren't you supposed to send that back? So they were using, for this particular study, they use, um, what is it called? Um, oh gosh, a central, central pharmacy. Oh, okay, okay. So they had somebody, a CR, CRA who was in charge okay. of all of the IP. That makes it better. It made, it made that a lot, a lot better. Yeah. Because having to do that remotely, how am I counting these? How am I paying attention? How am I sending these? Like it's a, it was a lot. So at least you don't have to count pills, you know, like yeah. at those closeouts, some of these CRAs, they don't do IP accountability until the end. And those closeout visits are brutal for them. It is a mess. And that's why <laughs> I'm the kind of person I'm, I'm the kind of CRA that like, as soon as it happens, I'm just like, let me just do it now. Cause I'll forget like, honestly, I have no idea how people just like put things down and say, oh, I'm going to get back to it. No, no, no. If you send me a bunch of emails, they're getting responded to immediately because then I just want to be able to put my focus and my energy in the other areas that like might take longer than just like responding to smaller queries or requests. One of the things you mentioned when you first reached out to me, I looked at your profile um, and then I saw the YouTube channel. So I got interested. I, I watched one of the videos I saw where you talk about closeout queen, I think you said something about you were giving advice on how to advance quickly. And you just said, I think it was you that said, just say yes to as many things as you can initially. So were they asking you to do these uh, closeout visits or did you, or did they basically tell you like, Hey, Kim, you have that to go do like, these. That was like a demand. That was like, <laughs> This is what's happening and we need them closing. You're closing them. Okay. Okay. That's what that was. So I think the part that, um, that you were referring to was more like, if you're trying, I was saying like, if you're trying to like grow within that company, you have to kind of show that you're, you have the ability to do a lot. Yeah. And that's probably a very short amount of time. And you have to show that you can do it like efficiently. Yeah. So that was like my goal with the closeouts. I was like, you know what? Before this, I've never closed a site out in my entire life. <laughs> so I was like, oh gosh, how do I start? So what I just did, I printed out like the, the, the spreadsheets from like their systems of like uh, the expected document list. I kind of held that against their, uh, the trackers that were available from the previous series. And then I kind of was like cross-referenced, found the ones, and then I realized, wait, there's something missing here. We need another tab in the universal tracker that truly identifies what are the expected documents for their ISFs. So, because there, there wasn't a list. And so nobody created this, you did this. Yes, and that's where that came from. So it, it ended up- Are you trying to become clinical trial manager, Kim? No, <laughs> actually not. Actually, wow. My goal was at this company, I went to this company with the, with the thought in mind of like, all right, I'm going to try to become a CRA lead here. Ah, okay. okay. That was like my goal, just like entering. I was like, are you close? Me. I feel like you're close. 
I, I hope I'm close. So basically this summer, they, um, I have my trainings right now, just sitting in a queue, but I'm basically acting to be a mentor. Like within my first month in my orientation, my um, mentor at the time, she was just like, I think you are excellent. I'm just like, girl, stop. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm serious. I think that she would make a great mentor for other mentees. And I was just like, really? And so she started, people at the, this company love her. Like, so when she says something and puts a little bug in their ear, because she's no longer like a mentor. She is, like, the, is she watching? Like, Does she watch? I don't know. Probably not. I'll, I'll, I might put her oh. on. Okay. She's, she's, she's a little older. So I don't know if she, how into YouTube she is, but um, she put a little bug in a couple of their ears and was like, I think she would make a really, really good mentor. Mm. And I was okay. like, Okay, cool. So then they pushed the trainings through to me. So that's actually what I'm like working on right now that while doing a thousand SIVs. <laughs> so you've been a CRA now two and a half years? About. Oh, because it's going on three. So like, no, like about two years and like two months, like two years and two. So months. you're already mentoring, starting to mentor. That's really yeah. cool, Kim. Which is it's crazy for me to think that because it's like, I feel like I'm still like, I'm still learning stuff. Have I'm you done every type of visit so far? Like site selection, site initiation, IMV. And now, nowadays they're mostly in person, right? Yeah. 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 Now they're like we're back to basically in how, like not in house, but on site. Uh, yo, for sure. We're definitely okay. on and they're not even playing about that. They're like, what do you prefer on site or you prefer remote? I think because I started remotely. That I prefer remote. Oh, you prefer remote. Okay. I know. I feel like I'm the only person who ever says that. But I think it's uh, because it's like, it's hard to kind of, all right, you know, people who started off doing onsite and then they moved to remote and then they hated it. Yeah. I didn't know what I, I couldn't miss That's it. most people, by the way. You're Gen Z, right? You're Gen, you're Gen Z. All right. I'm Gen Z. I'm, I'm 28. Am I Gen Z? I don't know. I'm the oldest millennial you could be. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I think I might be close to the youngest millennial okay okay yeah um but that I, that's all i knew all i knew was remote so for me i'm just like i'm so i got so comfy and cozy in my own little space in my apartment doing the work i didn't really care to do on-site stuff but people, wow. people prefer it people people prefer it. sites um, prefer on-site unless the yeah. monitor is like nasty you know then we prefer yeah. remote keep her away <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, me for sure i prefer i prefer on site so you've dealt with like pis right pis are like you've dealt with coordinators obviously yeah. they're the lifeblood of a study yeah but you've dealt with pis pis come with all different kinds of personalities i'm sure you've dealt with most of the types most of the yeah. archetypes yeah how do you I... deal with the difficult ones the ones that say oh kim you know what? I'm a doctor. So just leave it to me. Yeah. I, okay. I, I know how to match energy. I'll say that. I know how to match energy. I, so if they get rude, you get rude. Not even that. It's more so like, let me see the best way to describe it. I learned that people like themselves. So because people like themselves, you mirror them. You I hope they like themselves. You would hope so, but then so much in that, like, for instance, people tip, okay, for, you're at a bar and you're watching the game. A guy sitting next to you 
tells you you're screaming like this is my favorite team oh my god how could that happen and he's now relating with you on that topic because you guys share something you mm. guys are mirroring mm. each other empathy so, exactly and that's like a large part of my part of my personality is empathy right it's connecting and putting myself in other people's um space and or their shoes so i think because of that i can mirror them and connect with them and it doesn't have to be like, oh, they're being rude. I know how to find, it's weird. I know how to like find that little soft spot mm. to get people to like. To so what you're saying is there's, there's transferable skills between CRC because you use the same empathy to deal with patients uh-huh. that you do as a CRA. I'm sure you had difficult patients. I'm sure you had friendly patients. I'm oh, sure yeah. you had everything in between. <laughs> yeah. The same thing with PIs, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I got you. What about the ones that just ignore you? They never return your call, I've never email. Not. I've had when I was a CRC, you 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 would be talking to them, and it's like you're talking to a wall, and they're not <laughs> even responding. They don't even look at you to acknowledge you. So, yeah. Um, with those ones, the way I deal with them is it's like, look, I keep it short, sweet, concise, to the point. No extra fluff, no extra conversation. It doesn't have to be like no. I could, I, you could just tell, you could tell the ones who are super busy, who don't really have time for a lot of, you know, foolishness. And they're just like, I'm like, look, sign right here. Sign. Just, I give them everything. I make it, I make it such an easy, smooth, <laughs> seamless process for them. So they don't even have to, they don't have to talk. They don't have to do anything. I'm just like, okay, boom, boom, boom. But as a CRA though, I'm dealing with those ones. I think I'm, I'm learning how to deal with them from that, from that position because those ones, they have to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not a CRC. I don't, I don't work with you daily. I don't really know your personality in that way. So if I need you to be in for a meeting and you can't be at the IMV meeting or whatever we're doing, then if you don't show up for like the next two, then upper management, that's, that's beyond really. Me. Oh yeah. If, if they're not cooperating after you put what, in your report, you put in your report. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's not something I would put in a report. Okay. That's something I would, um, I'll, that, that's a phone call. Okay. That's not even like a paper trail. That's like a, hey, <laughs> I asked him to do this. And- See, that's the big CROs. No. That's the big CROs. The small ones, you could put that in your report. <laughs> and I don't, mm-mm. I was told once, once I made that first phone call, I was told, yeah, we don't put those in reports. And I'm like, okay. So be honest. Yeah. Are you nice to your CRCs? Oh my gosh. I, I, the, the amount of compliments, and I'm not even kidding. Have you ever been mean to a CRC? No. No, <laughs> okay. no, 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 no. I've never been mean to a CRC. Um, I'm t- like I said, I, I, I've been them. There's no way. Like, even the ones that are difficult, even I've had one. Ooh, I had one fiery CRC, man. She... I could never tell. She was so explosive. I never, I could never tell if she was having a good day or a bad day or an indifferent day. And I was like, you know what? This is a time for me to use these like interpersonal skills. Can I truly connect with everybody? Even though she was still difficult in the end, I still found ways around her like defensiveness. Like she was very like, I think because I could tell that she's dealt with difficult series. Because her approach, like the wall she had up immediately, I was like, I didn't even do anything. Like immediately, huh? <laughs> and before I said anything. Um, so I would just, instead of like doing like 
just the emails. I was like, she's a person, cause this is when we're only doing remote. I'm like, she's a person I have to talk to on the phone. I have to let her hear my voice. I have to, before I even like set up a Zoom call, I have to let her hear my voice, reason with her, let her know like, look, we're a team. I'm not here to attack your work. I'm not here to sh rip you to shreds. I'm literally here just doing a job and I wanted all of us to do the job to the best of our abilities. And whatever you need, I'm, that's always when I, how I end up every single meeting, every single SIV, every single SQB, I let them know, hey, you guys, we're a team and I'm here for you. Whatever it is that you guys need, don't feel like you're bothering me. You can call me, you can text me, you can email me, whatever is the most feasible for you. And they're like, oh my God, thank you. I'm just like, yeah, it wasn't that bad, was it? Like, <laughs> it's not that bad. So. so what do you prefer? If you could take money out of the equation, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's a dumb question, but which job do you prefer doing more? CRC or CRA? If I was to take money out, yeah, I would say CRC. That's that honest. Was, That's honest. Yeah, yeah. When I was working at the in labor and delivery, that was the best job I've ever had in my life. And mm -hmm. not because of like management or anything, because that was not the case. I was actually it was actually very difficult for me at that job with management but um but the patience man like you like that patient interaction oh yeah i love that so That's you miss it you miss that as a siri i do miss that and i normally like if i have like a friend who's sick i just they feel me just being like a caretaker to them they're like oh you're so nice it's like i think i just miss patient interaction That's probably so, so the next step for you the next goal is lead siri Leads and then have you thought about maybe after that, or are you just going to take it step by step? Um, I'm going to take it step by step because at that point, like clinical research is not my only passion. I want to make sure that um, I fulfill my purpose here with clinical research because I realized that from starting this YouTube thing, I think it's, it's beyond just getting a paycheck now. I realized that I'm helping people find a passion or to... I guess, grow their passion in a certain industry. I didn't know that that was a purpose for me um, because I never had intentions on doing this more than a month ago. <laughs> and now that I'm realizing how much, how many people it's actually helping, I'm like, okay, so my purpose is here. Once I fulfill this purpose, then I can complete my passions. And my passions are like, I love real estate. I love real estate. Investing. I saw that. Okay, uh, me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, of course. About that. That's, that's what we do in our free time, me and Chris. Like, we just yeah. bought a place in Texas, rent cash flow positive, looking to do more here. Yeah, yeah, I got some strategies on that too. Maybe we can do that for your channel. I got some ideas. I love that. I would love that. that that's yeah. that, that gives me a lot of energy. I really like that. I really, really like that area. Man, yeah, because my next question was going to be, why do this YouTube thing? But you kind of answered it. Um, yeah, I think it's it started off just simply like people were asking me, how did you move out of Philly? And I was like, I'm just going to make a video. Simply just like that. I saw the TikTok. You said something about you rented a, I told you I've been following you. Yeah, you rented a, you. you rented a trailer <laughs> and you put it, that's another podcast in and of itself. What happened? Yeah. You don't know how to drive that thing? no those are hard to drive I got it I did <laughs> it was so hard on my car like first of all you use so much fuel so much gas you know how much money I paid and yeah, get you and waste gas a lot of gas on they just, yeah 
nine miles a gallon, depending on how much you could fit in that trailer. <laughs> it was so, it was so, it was stress. But do you like the move? Like, okay, let me ask you this and then mm-hmm. we'll end it. Um, you can work from anywhere, right? With your current yeah. job. So yeah. why did you move from Philly to Miami? To, so basically for me, Philly, if anybody knows anything about Philly, Philly is a beautiful city, right? I love it. I love Alessandro's. We, yeah, you see, we got some good cheese sticks. We got all that good stuff, right? But what we also have is a lot of violence. A lot. A lot. Like, and I don't, I know everybody's saying, well, there's violence everywhere. No. I remember walking around there. I'm from LA. We moved to Arizona, but yeah, I've seen my fair share of recruiting yeah. patients. And Philly's it, it, on I, another level. Yeah, it's it's gotten worse in the yeah. most recent year. And honestly, like it was just weighing on me. Like being like I said, being an empath does not help. Like you feel everything. I was getting so tired of just like scrolling and seeing another person pass away, a friend of a friend pass away. And it just was like a, it became like an everyday thing to the point where like I think in 24 hours in Philly on their first warm day, 24 people were shot and five wow. died in 24 hours. So for me, that was a that was a large factor for me to to push me to move down here. And then secondly, I had I have friends down here. Um, I have a brother down here and a couple of cousins. And um, I've been coming to Florida so many times. Like I'll wake up in the morning and say I'm ready to go to Florida. Like, yeah, for you East Coasters, that's like you know, the place to yeah. be. <laughs> exactly. It's just like it was so quick. So I was like, you know what? Let me just move here. Mm. And here I am makes sense well you're in <laughs> you, did you know are you in miami i'm assuming i'm close i'm about like 40 minutes out 35 40 fort minutes. lauderdale right next to fort lauderdale i small. love fort lauderdale so you're you're in the research site capital of the world did you know that miami there's more sites per square foot or square mile than anywhere else in I the united states north carolina was i thought charlotte was north carolina is like a research triangle park that's cro's that's like academic sites but like miami's like private sites sites you never heard of mom and pop like they're yeah. all there they're all there sorry uh, it's just like it out a second ago yeah i'm at the site the internet might be bad here or it's okay yeah. but wow kim we gotta definitely do more i know that I can tell from talking to you that your YouTube channel is just getting started and you plan on continuing that. And we would love to follow your journey. Um, Anything you want to let Guru Nation know, follow Kim on Instagram underneath. And then from Instagram, you can get all her other links too, just like I did. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I want to say thank you so much. I appreciate you because like I said, this is a full circle moment for me being able to have a conversation with the person who I actually learned what clinical research was and what his interview tips is what actually got me my first job in clinical research and here I am. So it's just like, there's some resources out there, you guys, you just have to find them. You just have to find them. And you're definitely, and I'm not even kidding, you're definitely one of the larger resources that I was able to find and anybody I feel like who has been in research, if they type in clinical research, like your face, you're like, you're like the face on YouTube of clinical research. So that's why I was like, yes. uh-uh, I need to, <laughs> I need to follow him. I've, I've been subscribed for years. So thank you. Yeah, no, I, I truly appreciate you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank so you. Much. Thank you.
Thank you, everybody. Like, subscribe, comment, share. Go follow Kim and catch you guys later. Go check out her channel. We're going to try to do an interview for her channel too. Yes. yes Bye-bye. Thank you.